Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Vaughn, I'm guessing you don't have any crow as your friend stories. I have a story about our provincial legislature and the crow menace. Every spring, pretty much every spring, you see signs in the garden outside my office saying, warning, a nesting season for aggressive crows. Be careful you don't get attacked. Wear a hat. Uh, Make quick tracks across the uh, garden. Don't do anything threatening because every yeah. year there are crow attacks. They, they pass their aggression on from generation to generation. We, we had a bit of a laugh, Sammy, when an expert on crows told the local newspaper that, you know, the reason crows attack people, especially bald heads and um, light-colored hair, is because they mistake you for weasels. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I thought that was hysterically funny until they attacked me. Oh, oh yeah, they're so, not so funny. So, <laughs> Simi, you've seen the birds, right? The Hitchcock of film? Of course, I love that you movie. You know he used real birds, real crows for key scenes. And, and I had understand. Her, she never got the, over it. I understand the crows threw themselves into their role with enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that was a lot of yeah. trauma for the actors involved yeah. in that. Yeah, no. uh, okay, so we'll put you on the no crow list for sure. Uh, let's talk more about what's going on in Halifax where the premiers are meeting. And uh, David Eby does seem to be a bit of an outlier. Yeah, they put out a communique yesterday, the premiers did. They always like to show they're all on the same page. So they put out a communique saying the premiers unanimously agreed that the country's carbon tax must be applied fairly and equitably across Canada. And we then go to David Eby to find out what that means for him. So he's wearing a I Love Heat Pumps t-shirt. And he says that he agrees that the federal government's subsidies for heat pumps, which were tailored to the Atlantic provinces, should be available right across Canada. So that has him speaking on the same position as the other premiers. However, significant break with the other premiers on the effectiveness of the carbon tax and whether or not it should be applied to home heating fuel. As you know, Simi, the feds have uh, given provinces that are part of the federal tax regimen, they're giving them a three-year holiday from tax on home heating oil, but not natural gas and not uh, propane, which is kind of perverse since the dirtiest of those three fuels is home heating oil. But anyway, they've done. Uh, EB doesn't support doing that with BC's carbon tax. He says that the carbon tax is effective out here And he says the cost of paying the carbon tax is a lot less than what British Columbians have paid in climate change damage over the last few years, including flooding and forest fires. So he doesn't support it. He's an outlier. Uh, I think it's going to be a political challenge for him. I think the public is of the view that we do need some relief. They do need some relief from the carbon tax, especially people who live in places with winter, which is a significant part of British Columbia as well. And they want the relief on natural gas because here in British Columbia, that's the fuel we use mostly, not home heating oil. Right. He was he made quite the statement with that T-shirt too. Yeah, no, the T-shirt, look, the home, the, the, the heat pump thing is uh, a popular stand. And on that one, the premier is absolutely right that 
BC should get the same incentives as other provinces, and talks are underway between the province and the federal government to make that happen. So I think that'll be forthcoming. Although, you know, I was struck by something the Premier of Alberta, Daniel Smith, said yesterday, which is, if you're in places with really cold climates, like Alberta, heat pumps don't work all that well. You know, she says, mm-hmm. when it's 35 below, forget it. Your heat pump is not going to do, do it. And I've, I've heard that from British Columbians in uh, the north and the interior of the province that, you know, it's all very well for you folks down there in the southwest uh, with your tropical climate. But it, where it gets really cold, again, heat pumps are not the answer And, uh, you know, I think there the premier is probably not thinking of all British Columbians. He's thinking of the ones where heat pumps are a pretty good idea. We are back with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning and more on what Premier David Eby has had to say in recent days. He's in Halifax for a meeting of all the premiers across the country, but still talking as well about this Randall Hopley case, Vaughn. Yeah, so on Sunday morning, the premier did his first availability from Halifax, uh, a phone in, and Richard Zussman, uh, Global, our colleague there, asked the Premier about the Hopley case. Was he Hopley was already had already disappeared at that point, uh, hadn't returned to his halfway house, and the Premier said, you know, he shared the dismay of many British Columbians that such a person could be uh, loose, uh, a convicted uh, child abductor, a child sex offender, violated his conditions and hadn't returned to his halfway house. Um, The premier blamed the parole board. He said to the parole board, uh, you know, he needed an explanation from the parole board how this happened. We all reported the premier saying it. He's the premier. He was an attorney general and he is a lawyer. So You know, it's not always a great idea to assume a premier knows what he's talking about, but in this case, we did. And yesterday, I don't know if your news organization got the note, but Mm -hmm. Vancouver Sun, we got a note from the parole board saying, don't blame us. We didn't do this. So the parole board said, look, here's what happened. Copley, uh, Copley, Hopley had served his sentence and After he'd served his six years, he was under a long-term order that set conditions. He's supposed to go to a halfway house. He's supposed to stay away from children. He's supposed to respect a curfew. And that's the order he was under. But parole board said, we don't issue that order. When the sentence is completed, some offenders are subject to a long-term order, but that's imposed by the courts. It's enforced, uh, sorry, monitored by the Federal Corrections Service. When there are allegations that it has been violated, it's up to the Crown Prosecution Service to uh, go after the person and haul them into court and uh, try to get their conditions revoked. So the parole board said, we didn't do this. And I mean, they didn't say the premier was being unfair to them. It's a complicated system. It is, Uh, yeah. Just sorting through the note from the parole board yesterday took a while to get it clarified. But, you know, again, I think the parole board knows what's going on here. And I, near as I can determine from the way it works, um, there's, there certainly are unanswered questions here. And I think uh, opposition... 
Uh, BC United MLA Eleanor Sturco got it right when she said that the government should do, in this case, what it did in the Chinatown stabbing case, which is get an independent review of how this happened, why, for example, Hopley um, wasn't, uh, didn't have his um, bail and freedom revoked after he was uh, charged with violating the conditions. Right. So my understanding is, I've been trying to figure this out too, is that the Crown Council, according to the Attorney General, did ask for some conditions, but it was the judge who said, no, this is what we're going to do. Yes. So that's uh, Attorney General Nikki Sharma did come out yesterday after uh, the opposition spoke on this and said, okay, this much we do know. And that is that the Crown Prosecutor so what happens is that Hopley is uh, accused, uh, found to be operating a computer in a library near children. And that is alleged to have happened. And that's what he's accused of violating the long-term conditions. And uh, he goes into court in February. The vi- alleged violation occurs in January. He goes into court in February. Attorney General says the Crown prosecutor did argue with the court that because of the seriousness of the situation and the allegations that um, Hopley should be denied bail. The court didn't agree. And that happens a lot in British Columbia. It's the source of enormous frustration to the EB government. And the Premier, Attorney General, says both say, hey, this is why we need bail reform in Canada. Well, they're right about us needing bail reform, but here's the problem. The bail reform legislation, Simi, that's before Parliament, would not necessarily have captured Hopley. That legislation would make it harder for repeat violent offenders to get bail, but it doesn't specifically say that it should be harder for someone accused of child abduction, particularly someone who served their sentence, to get bail. Here's the thing, though, Vaughn. I think for the average person like myself, we don't think you need to do more. There should already be enough in place to deal with child abductors and sex offenders because you shouldn't need to say, oh, we need extra for that because isn't that what the justice system is supposed to be for? Cases exactly like this one. Oh, absolutely. You know, I went back and uh, Nikki Sharma went to the Senate committee that's been holding, the Senate's still holding up the bail reform, right? She went to the uh, committee uh, back in uh, October on a virtual hookup to explain to the committee why British Columbia thinks the bail reform legislation is essential and why the Senate should get on with passing it. And she runs into all these objections from senators who say, well, you know, innocent until proven guilty and you can't you'll you this will be disproportionately impact indigenous people and they're not persuaded that all this is necessary you know i liked david eby's comment that he has rarely been so enthusiastic in agreeing with the ndp's view that the senate should be abolished um i The thing you have to say is the bail reform legislation before the senate which is still held up there wouldn't even deal with this case probably, but we still need it. And I think you're right, Simi, that the public mood is overwhelmingly that uh, this slapping on the wrist for some offenders has got to stop. Yeah, I think for us, it's it's don't quibble about, yeah. 
what the, this, this was, this was supposed to happen here. This was supposed to happen here. The overall justice system is designed to protect us from people exactly like this child abductors, sex offenders. So do we need yeah. extra rules for that? Or do we just need the rules? Yeah. I guess, yeah. Right? No, I mean, the most interesting thing the premier said on Sunday morning, thinking like a, a parent, not a premier is, is anyone who's got a four year old. Exactly. In their lives should be alarmed by this. Well, the premier has two small children, two young children in his family. And of course, this is a guy who, um, abducted uh, a three-year-old uh, from a second-floor apartment and kept them for several days. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Premier is is on the right page with the public now. Uh, it'd be interesting to see a debate between David Eby of today and the one that was a, an oh, activist boy. lawyer no back kidding, before he right? came into politics. But, you know, okay, so he's reformed. I say he's on the same page as the public now, and uh, that's a good thing. Also, you know, he said something himself that was, I think, significant in that evolution is that he's got kids now. And I think the having of kids and all of that, that changes you, changes your perspective on a lot of things. And that's that's a different situation. Yeah, there's that old line from American politics that uh, a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged by reality. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, that there's probably a variation on that for this day and age. But no, you're right, Simi, the the. The people that have been bombarding the Canadian Senate with, including the Civil Liberties Association, saying, do not do this bail reform thing. It's going to put the country on the wrong track. Uh, They do not speak for the public. Uh, Increasingly, I think the Premier of British Columbia is on the same page as the public on this issue. And I think that's a good thing. Yes. And we will see what happens with this. Savon, thank you. Bye bye, Simi.